after a year of that thesis, I decided to start Lazari. It was always in my mind, and I, I got a, a government grant. And with that, we start with really little. And with my co-founders that I, I met during my, the years studying and my university life. Uh, yeah, and I knew that they, they, they were the guys that uh, they really work as hard as they can. So seems like uh, this idea could be actually be a reality. And if I don't do it now, like I will always regret. Uh, and I say like, it's better that I don't regret. Welcome to Seedstar's podcast. Seedstars is an organization that aims to have an impact in emerging markets by supporting the local entrepreneurs, investing in their ventures, but also sharing their story globally because we really believe they are the true heroes. We'll be listening to them and other thought leaders and disruptors that are really shaping the future of tomorrow. And we hope that together we can build a sustainable impact. Before we start, I would like to thank our partner MADA, the Assistive Technology Center of Qatar, that helped make this episode possible. Welcome to the show, René. <laughs> thank you, Alex. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, thank you. Thank good? you. All right. Yeah, surviving. <laughs> yeah, difficult times, right? So let me yeah. briefly uh, introduce myself. Um, I'm Alex. We've, we've met on the phone a few days ago. Uh, I was... Employee number one at Seedstars, uh, so that's what uh, about six, well, almost yeah, six seven years ago now. Um, and then I was lucky enough to work with them for for quite a long time. I served as an entrepreneur in residence for a while, then head of marketing, and then uh, recently, about two years ago, I decided to start my own growth and marketing agency called Sixty Seconds, and I've been helping startups uh, scale. Um, for now, yeah, for about two years. So uh, quite involved nice. in Seedstars still, hopefully, uh, and, and, and for another 10 years, maybe we'll see. Uh, but yeah, very excited to be talking to you. Uh, maybe you can briefly introduce yourself, um, sure. your name, where, you, where you're from, and, and what you've been doing for, for the past few years now. Sure. So I'm René Espinosa. I'm from Chile. I'm 29 years old and um, I'm the CEO and the co-founder of Lazarillo. And in Lazarillo, we have been working uh, since the very beginning to provide tools for people with disabilities to have more independence and also tools for companies to make their services and spaces more accessible for this community. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, so, you know, when we chatted on the phone last time, um, <laughs> There was something we discussed, and I didn't want to start with this because that was obviously the elephant in the room. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, of course, it's the you know the, the the issue that we have right now, the coronavirus and all this. And I was like, okay, we're talking about it way too much, uh, yeah. even if it's a very important issue. I said, okay, I don't want to start discussing this. But then we we discussed a bit, we talked a bit, and I was like, it's actually a very interesting um, thing that is happening because. It's challenging for everyone, and yeah. especially for startups. Definitely. Uh, and, and maybe you can share uh, a bit of you know, how it's been affecting you in the past, uh, in the past few weeks now, yeah. and how you've, been, uh, how you've been dealing with it, because I think it's quite, uh, quite impressive. Sure. So, well, in our case, it has affected us um, in different ways. Um, but we have, so you need to understand that first Lazarillo, where we one of the main offerings were to make the, the, the space of the company more accessible. So that means that we will work with a hospital, for example, so that a person that have an appointment uh, that has a visual disability, for example, could go by themselves to the front door of the hospital and then inside and navigate inside. So we were encouraging our users to go out and have more um, experience in the life without fear, right? Uh, now we need all to stay home, right? That's the way we aren't living now. Um, so there are many challenges. First, uh, work with the team remotely. And now what is the offerings we will provide our users? So um, working with our team remotely is something that we have uh, passed that, uh, this before. So that hasn't been so much of a challenge. Uh, but one of the things that we have talked with the users and now the needs are really different. Uh, the need is for them, for example, to have accessible information and curate information for them about the coronavirus. That means that, for example, a municipality could just send a link and would add a PDF or a, a picture providing information. And for a person that is blind, for example, they don't have access to that. So uh, 
in that way, they don't know what to do with that. So it's not something that uh, they can actually, for example, if they're providing vaccines in a specific location, they, they don't know where. Um, also, buying online for them is, is a huge challenge. Um, in some cases, some, I would say, web pages are not accessible for them. So we are seeing that we now need to pivot in this time to provide this kind of other services to help our community and also be more relevant on our services. So we're changing all this, uh, talking with our customers that are more, mostly big corporations and also with uh, our users so that we are now during the last week we we made we changed all our last priorities like <laughs> what we are going to achieve now we change it all and now we will actually we have it different areas now we are compact and we will iterate in different approaches that will 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 we will be testing. So I think that's the main changes we are having. So, so <laughs> it's quite a big challenge. So you yeah. started doing these these changes changes. Sorry, in the past few days, like it's been very uh, very recent, right? Yeah. So week and a half, and um, our team, for example. So most of, of our team is in Chile. I'm now in Mexico City, and another co-founder is in in Spain. So <laughs> we were now so we, we had a plan now the plan need to change so that we can adapt and um and having like uh, so oh, there's also a co-founder in chile so we are now have living ourselves different realities in two, like two weeks before this was really different different uh, than now every day counts i think so yeah that's we, we, we are changing every day this we start this week more compact on how they, the team will approach the, the change. Because it's such a challenging time, I think a lot of startups, you were talking about when, when we had a discussion before, you, you were talking about one of your, your friends that has a startup. Yeah. And in just a few, a matter of days, basically, he just went bankrupt. The company was yeah. doing fine, everything was doing well. Because of what's happening, he just went bankrupt. And yeah. how do you, well, you're doing all these changes, of course, to your business, but you know, as a personal thing, how do you deal with you know the the overload of information, everything you need to do? Um, I guess, of course, you want to keep your business afloat, but does it also help that you guys are doing something quite amazing in a way? Because it's not well, at least the way I see it, it's not just a business. You guys have yeah. what one hundred sixty thousand customers, uh, you know, users. users yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, users. But it's more than users because you you're helping yeah. them live a better life and and have a you know a, a yeah, using technology to have a better life. So I guess, it, do you think about that or you just think about, you know, I need to keep my business uh, running and that's the most important thing. And of course it will help them, but I guess you also have, have that in mind, right? Actually, uh, just starting from the beginning, like my, my friend that was doing good, he actually wasn't doing great. Okay. <laughs> I was okay. like, right. and, and it was shocked for me that he went bankrupt uh, so fast. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, like, because he was doing so good that, uh, with all the changes, he has too much people in it. And well, that happened. So in, on our side, we, we, we have two challenges. One is uh, our good team that we don't want to lose them. Uh, and also uh, our users that we have a huge responsibility with them. So um, I think one, like, because we have this huge responsibility, the whole team uh, understand that and uh, that, for example, in the case of uh, team members that they have been working this weekend, for example, because of this, like they know they need, we need to take this fast enough. So it's not like we need, like, like I said, we don't have a schedule right now. Like, I mean, every day counts. Every day that we take more time to, to, to pivot, it will be worse for the future. So like, um, I think the, 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 the impact we, we, we have and the connection with the users and people using it, is what what drives our team to push forward and to push harder in this situation instead of hiding i don't know yeah. <laughs> like uh, because it, it, in many cases like uh, yeah like uh, companies just close for this period these uh, people do other like other founders start doing i don't know working for other corporations and then when all this have uh, passed they will start again like have friends doing that too um but for us, it's like, we cannot do that. <laughs> if we do it, like, it's like, 
I don't know. Um, like in, I don't know, losing the trust for our users. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. I mean, you have, uh, in a way, a, a big responsibility for your yeah. users because it's maybe you can tell the story about you know the the one of the the feedback that you got at the beginning where the guy yeah. was going to see his family. I think it was, and maybe you can tell the story because you sure. know the the story better. But I think that's just going to show people how much of a responsibility you have regarding the people that are using your app because it, sure. you're helping them and you're changing the way they, they live their, their day-to-day lives. Sure. So, um, so the thing is that Lazarillo helped people um, go outside by themselves. So in this case, uh, this was a, a young man of 32 around, 32 years old. He, he just turned blind like two years ago. And most of, most of their trips, uh, he needed to rely on, um, I, I remember it was uh, like a, his sister. So for going to the hospital, he needed to go with his sister. If his sister uh, was not able to go with him, uh, if he go by himself, he took like two hours. Uh, when we, he was one of the first uh, using Lazarillo. And with this tool, he, he, instead of uh, taking him two hours, he did it in 30 minutes. Uh, on going into a bus, now he went to get out, then getting directions to the front door of the hospital, and then yeah, going there and get that to that location. And at the end, doing all by himself. Uh, and that was one of our big wins that we said, okay, this works, this, have a, this has an impact. And then how we work with companies, um, how we work with their budgets that they probably don't have, they don't know that this exists, they don't, probably don't have these budgets and how we can work with them to, to hopefully increase the accessibility of the whole world. Uh, so yeah, uh, now the issues are not to go out, is to how I, I can buy my stuff, how, how I know if I'm going to a pharmacy, they will have my, my, like my pills that I'm looking okay. for. Um, there are many issues that there, like people is facing now, and uh, we're getting all that information, say like, okay, what are the first thing we're going to do, and how we're going to implement it, because we need to have this in three, four, five days more. <laughs> And yeah, then it's pretty, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty intense, I guess, these, these last past uh, few days, right? Um, definitely, definitely. I, I'd love to take maybe a few steps uh, back um, just to go through, um, you know, how you started the whole, um, the whole company, uh, you know, how we get, how we was born, because from what I understood, and let me know if, if, if it's wrong, but from what I understood, you know, it's not something that you just started maybe a year or two years ago. It's been in your head for almost seven years, I think. Um, and, and I think that's fascinating because it's not something that just appeared and then you started doing it. It was really something that you built uh, from scratch, but that you also spend a lot of time thinking about. Uh, so maybe yeah. you can take us through, you know, how the project came to be the first, maybe the first MVP or the first, you know, um, sure. prototype and then where you are uh, now. Yeah. So, well, actually, you're right. It was like seven years ago, within um, seven, six, in which that I was studying and also was working in a medical institution. So, um, develop doing assisted technology. So, low cost assisted technology. So, I work with neurologists, physicians, and people with different disabilities. Um, and there, there was a time that I came across a project that they asked me to develop a mobile app for. Blind people. So it was not Lazarillo, but it was a mobile app that they were they, they wanted to iterate and see if it works. So I said, okay, how I do that? I, I, I first thought that all the smartphones that we have are have a touch screen. So how a blind person will know what they're touching, right? I researched a lot and I and talked with 30 people with different visual disabilities, and I understand that they were they actually exist standards to develop accessibility. So you have the graphic interface, the logic, but you have in the middle the accessibility sort of interface. And most of the apps are not accessible. Most of the apps are not considering this accessibility sort of uh, layer. So I said like, okay, we have the technology, right? But on the other side, um, I saw that um, many people need to rely on a friend or a family member to go out, or the person that was able to go out by themselves, if they miss a stop, for example, in a bus, now they need to rely on a stranger. So I dedicated my thesis to work on this with the help of a friend that he, he's totally blind and now works in Lazarillo. Um, 
and iterating a lot. It was not a startup at the beginning, it was a thesis project to make, actually trying to find a solution so that a blind person can find a door inside a venue, right? Inside something that where the GPS doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah, that is started. It started with a thesis. After a year of that thesis, I decided to start Lazari. It was always in my mind. And I, I got a, a government grant of, I think in that time was around $15,000. And with that, we start with really little. And with my co-founders that I, I met during my, the years studying and my university life. Uh, yeah, and I knew that they, they, they were the guys that uh, they really work as hard as they can. So, yeah. <laughs> How, one thing that I'm very curious about, because that's something I've been also, I mean, I've been also thinking about a lot about, about this, struggling about it is, you had you started that project and then you went and work um for, uh, with another another startup yeah uh, but that was still lazario was still you know somewhere in your mind and then at some yeah. point you said okay now i'm gonna jump and i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna do that let's let's give it a try let's do it mm -hmm. what what went through your mind what when you decided to actually do it because i think for a lot of people they're struggling you know they have that idea like we say, you know, ideas are cheap, but execution is everything. Yeah. Uh, but how do you go from, okay, this is an idea that I have. I've worked, you've worked a little bit on it with your thesis. Uh, but then you said, okay, now, now I need to go. Now it's the time. Yeah. What was your motivation to do it? Why did you decided to do it? You know, how was your, um, your yeah, thinking yeah, at definitely. that time? So working with my friend in, in his startup was quite uh, useful for me so that uh, instead of, because before that we were, we did some projects together, but actually providing like a, a product to a customer uh, was something new. And, uh, and I learned a lot. I have to say, I learned a lot on that. And also um, I started going a lot to startups events and uh, doing that, uh, I don't know, it came across that I started talking about the, this thing that I had in my mind um, and iterating and see like if it makes sense or not. And since getting the feedback from different institutions, like just talking with one person, get, get, got, talking with one person got me to another one that uh, they introduced me and then they introduced me to another person and then I get into an accelerator and like was things moving forward. I said like, seems like uh, this idea could be actually be a reality and if i don't do it now like i will always regret uh and i say like it's better that i don't regret like uh, at least if i if i tried and i fail i will learn that um yeah <laughs> that's why that's what they're, they're thinking <laughs> how much do you think that the 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 impact that you that you would you know you you were thinking about that, look, if I build this app, I'm going to have an impact on, on people's lives. I'm going to change yeah. the way they live. Did that affect your, of course, I'm sure it did a little bit, but how much did it affect it? And how much do you think it played a role uh, in your decision? Yeah, sure. So when I finished my last uh, test of the prototype in my thesis, I tested with seven, uh, seven people, I, I remember. And they, they we, at the end, we, I did an interview with all of them. Um, and those videos were really emotional. So I, I like, uh, I couldn't forget that. Like, uh, and so I, yeah, I use that as a motivation. So I say like, if this simple thing that I did myself uh, has this such an impact, why don't make it a reality? Like for me, the future, I say like, how it should be the future? There should be something like this. <laughs> uh, if I'm not going to develop it, it will be somebody else. But I think yeah. that, um, so like, if I also, if I don't do it myself, why anybody else will do it? So that's why it's right. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm um, asking this because I've read um, online. Let me know if it's, if it's wrong, because, of course, you shouldn't believe everything you read online. But sure. I'll read you the sentence and, and you tell me if that rings a bell or if, if it's true. Uh, talking about you on a bio online, it says, you know, his objective in life is to help improve the well-being of humans through the use of technology. And I think um, even uh, even if it's, I, I don't know, maybe you tell me if it's exactly what you said, or I don't know, maybe it's just, uh, but I think it's, it's beautiful because, of course, now technology has also a, a bad reputation in a way. I think a lot of people, are, are in, which makes sense also, but 
there is some sort of a bad reputation about technology. And, and when we see someone like you doing something like this, it just changes the whole game, right? Because you guys are using technology for something just to make, I mean, just to make the world a better place in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to say it's right. I think it has something that, I, that is missing. But uh, so when I was really like, I don't remember the exact age, but I was young enough. Uh, I don't know who was the one I read this from, but the, it says that in order for you to, um, like any person should have a goal and parameters to follow different, um, like, or what you study or what you do, whatever. So you need to have a phrase of what you do. Uh, so, I, and my phrase was like, uh, I said like what I want actually to do. And I wanted to impact the health of people and the well-being, like hopefully both or at least one. Uh, and how with technology, I said. And so that's why it's my passion, but I want to do this passion and to have this impact. And I managed to do, to, to create this phrase and so if I, uh, I got an opportunity of doing, I don't know, anything that might be fun, but it's not in that phrase, I will not do it. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, that's why I, I say that. Uh, that is that I want to impact uh, people's health and well-being through technology, yeah. Yeah, because I think we, we see more and more uh, entrepreneurs doing, you know, an app that, help you deliver pizza or whatever and we yeah. see so many all you know the next social media thing or whatever and we see so many of these things that when we see someone or at least maybe it's just maybe it's just me but when i see someone doing something like you do it gets me very uh, very excited and very happy because yeah at least we you guys are using technology for 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 something great and uh, and i think that makes a, a, a huge difference so for me i'd love to hear what you would you know give what sort of advice would you give you know a young entrepreneur at 20 and i want to start something but he doesn't know if he wants to do you know maybe the next um facebook or the next instagram whatever it is uh or, or actually maybe go into something that has a bit more impact it's maybe less some of the startups are maybe a little bit less sexy if we can if we can say it that way yeah. but they truly have an impact and they truly gonna have they're gonna change someone's lives yeah what would be your you know your your advice to someone when when they go and they try you know something for the first time they try to build a business um, mm. regarding you know the impact that they can have i will start saying that they don't get into the buzzwords like ai blockchain or whatever like that's our those are tools um so they, they you need to find a problem that uh, you want to solve and you're really passionate about um and hopefully in the fields you are interested on like not any problem like if you are passionate about agriculture because you have a deep connection with that that could impact a lot of life uh, if you're passionate about uh, animal health you could go into that and maybe develop technology on creating i don't know plant-based food right <laughs> so that you don't impact the animals i don't know Anything you, you, you're going to start, you need to be passionate in two things. First, in your field of interest, and on second, in the problem you're solving, uh, and just the problem, not the technology. Then you look out for technologies and all that and see how you can scale it, make, make it more scalable. But if you start with the technology and you try to find like a sexy field, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't believe in those startups. <laughs> Maybe sometimes they, they, they manage to raise a lot of money, but at the end, when things like this happen, you might find that your team is not uh, into it. Yes, I mean, yeah, of course, but it's very interesting because for me, I've, I've seen a lot of different startups. And I think what you say is exactly right, is a lot of them are starting with the technology and then they try to, in a way, flip fit around to make something out of it instead of you know solving an issue that people have and then technology becomes it's not the the answer to all but it's just um, it's just a tool that you use like you were saying i think yeah. that's um, that's that's brilliant what would you have done if you if you didn't start uh, lazario did you have did you have like something else another career that you would have done what uh, what else were you interested in 
Mm, so I was uh, really interested on health devices and um, yeah, I'm working using technology for maybe um, medicine, telemedicine and things like that. Um, so actually I was uh, between uh, Lazarillo and doing something like that with the doctors that I met uh, during uh, this uh, medical center. And uh, But I, I, I was always looking for something like that. Uh, maybe if I would not start Lazarillo, maybe I, I, I don't know if I would keep on studying or working in study, I don't know. I was working in a lot in, in helping other actually startups in medical devices. Uh, so I, I was really into into that. Um, yeah, you, you've worked you've worked with other startups in the in the medical field, right? Yeah, yeah. So for example, um, there was a, a device that for people with tracheostomy that uh, okay. we were trying to uh, detect when you so when you have a, trache a tracheostomy, sometimes with the, your saliva you get a, you can get a, like asphyxiated. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to develop a device to detect that and estimate. So that you don't get asphyxiated never, or if you do, you get an alarm to, I don't know, your helper or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There, I think there are many good projects out there to to work on. Maybe I probably would join another startup. <laughs> uh, I don't know, something like that. Okay, cool. And and there is one one question that a lot of people have have been using that question, but I think it's very interesting. And because of what we're talking now, I think it makes sense. Is you know uh, Peter Thiel. He asks, uh, often asks this question, which is, what important truth uh, do very few people agree with you on? So something that you believe, you strongly believe in, but that most people around you, you know, they think you're wrong. Would you have mm. something like this that, that, that you would be, you know, that you're fighting about? The truth that you're fighting yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, so the very beginning, actually, uh, like the business model of, uh, of Lazarillo, uh, like I... I there were a lot of people saying, okay, yeah, right. Hopefully you will get, you will live like three more months and that's it. Uh, like no one, many people didn't believe that. And I have get people telling me like the first time I, I, I heard that you were pitching Lazarillo, I thought, I thought you were going to bankrupt immediately. <laughs> and now I see, and they have to tell me like, now I see you and like, I didn't realize the whole potential you actually are developing. And, um, so, yeah, <laughs> most of the people don't believe that the first time that what you're doing, in our case, like we have a, um, a niche of people with disabilities, but it's a minority that is growing a lot. It's a minority that if you develop someone for, a for people with disabilities, it will probably impact older people. So then you have a bigger market. So sometimes when you're working on, on a niche solution, it's probably uh, will have other applications for a bigger market. Uh, but since you are specialized for a niche, uh, you get to actually understand the different problems and see another, see, see new opportunities. If we are all working on the same issues, like I don't know, food delivery, uh, that is a huge issue, issue. But if we are all working on that, like what about the other problems, right? <laughs> and uh, we need to move. Uh, uh, like I believe that instead of being a copycat, I think that uh, you need to move. Uh, like technology forward so it can impact more people and uh, more services or companies, right? Um, so yeah, uh, that's, I, that is uh, what I think that was the, <laughs> the, the truth that I saw. I said, that I said like, no, it doesn't make sense. Like it should be profitable. Maybe it's not the way I see it. Maybe it's different, but it should be. But it should be. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that in a, in a, let's say in a bad way, but do you, is there a lot of uh, other, apps or other companies that are doing something similar than, than you guys? So now actually, uh, there's um, the, the, the market has grown. There are some other institutions working on, on making the, like I would say people with disabilities more autonomy, with more, with more independence and things like that. There are other companies working on um, sort of navigation app. What I would say that differentiate us for uh, those kind of companies is that we want at the end develop a platform that helps the institution be more accessible. Because we realize that at the end, like the ones that can move this forward a lot is companies. So if we can make your company more accessible and make sense for you, the other one will do it. And then the other one. And then we can grow to 
a business with 10,000 institutions in it and, um, and impact a lot of people. So we see uh, some competitions actually as partners, uh, even though people from outside could see them as real competition. I'm actually talking with some that uh, people developing wearables for people with disabilities like you could say that a wearable for orientation could be a competition for an app for orientation. We see them as a complement. That's why I was saying it's not in a bad way. I think, you know, like if everybody, like you were saying, if everybody's working on one issue, then sure, it doesn't make sense. But if, if a small group of, of people are, you know, focused and are working to solve a problem, I think, yeah it's better than if you're alone you know if you if you're just alone and it's just you then you're gonna yeah you're not gonna see all the sides of the all the different side of the issue but you're gonna focus only on one thing and then if you have yeah. other people coming in they might bring you other stuff that would actually help you grow and help your users in the end because like i was saying you're not just here you know to build a business but you're also helping your users in a in a, an amazing way yeah, and I think that's really important uh, because um, if there's more awareness, it's good for everyone. And for our point of view, we are now like, um, so we were working with another institution working for people with disabilities. Now we're going to partner up with another one. And uh, so that helped us be bigger, right? And work together and find new solutions and cooperate in different ways. So I, I believe that's the way to go forward for us um, to cooperate with the different institutions so that we can have a bigger reach and they can have a bigger reach. Um, so yeah, it's better to be not being alone and it's better to have competition that, yeah, don't have any competition. <laughs> and we do have, so yeah, it's good. So the, the main competition is, is what, based in the US? Um, yeah, there are one, yeah, the main competition is based in the US. Um, they're not like exactly they're not like the same but they're working on the field of of providing solutions to the institutions and they're mostly focused on on one disability we're now trying to be more uh also of a platform that could impact multiple disabilities at the same time um and yeah. we for the yeah sorry that's also what what, what you're doing right because you, you started yeah. with um people with uh, visual disabilities yeah and now you you you've also added different um, help for different yeah different services uh, for different disabilities right yeah yeah um, and we realized because for example big corporations they they want to uh, solve this uh, like with one like sort of uh, provider and a vendor uh, and then we we realized that one of the things we were doing, we actually are able to activate other sort of services. So for example, if you're going to a retail store um, and you are deaf and you only speak sign language and you need to ask something to, I don't know, any, any person there that is supposed to help you, right? Yeah. Probably they don't speak sign language, right? So there we have another company that is a partner that they were providing this, but on computers like on, his, on computers that were stuck in, I don't know, like in a bank or things like that. So we say like, but if we could integrate that with our app and the tech when you are in the place and then on that location provide this service, makes sense because then they, the user gets to find, for example, where the sports section and then, I don't know, they need to talk with the one in charge of the two on the sneakers, right? <laughs> and they can easily interact and get access to this service provided by another company, but activated by our service, right? So it's things like that. We're thinking of how, how we can cooperate and activate different assistance services so that it's a better experience for everyone. I think it's, it's, it's beautiful how you guys move, evolve and move along with your users. Uh, of course, because you're building the, the app for them, but I think it's, it's a, two-way street in a way when we were discussing uh, discussing last time on the phone you guys are doing something for your users uh but they also do something for you in a way right there was the, that story about the translation of the, ah, of yeah. the app and uh, maybe you yeah. can tell that story because i think it's it's nice and it's 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 beautiful when you know you're building something that will help people and then you realize that what you're doing makes sense because they actually you know also do something for you in return 
yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, so, um, so one of the things is our languages uh, for our solutions. So third language was Indonesian because like a person that was blind or knew English contact us to translate the app to Indonesian, then it was Polish and like that. But it was pretty slow to add new languages. And we didn't want it to add like, um, I don't know, trans like automatic translations because we knew that sometimes it doesn't make sense. And for a person to just uh, have this first, sometimes it's people that are having their first experience with technology in this new sort of using it. So to have something that is not really good in their languages is really bad. So, uh, there were a lot of people contacting us from different countries in different languages to translate the app. And so we decided to search for a platform that was accessible for them so that they can translate it. And for us, was not so much of a work. And when we did that uh, in a couple of two months, uh, we scaled from five languages to 20. So that was incredible. Uh, we like from, foundations that they translate the app from and from individuals that they translate the app um, and has been really good. So now we discovered that, that this was a simple tool for them to, to add on Lazarillo. The other thing is like how we, our platform that we, for example, when we um, get a company in, we have a platform to do that. We, we integrate uh, their services, their locations, uh, we add nav indoor navigation and things like that. So we want that, tool to hopefully be uh, available. Uh, we're now growing with partners and that will help us reach a new community, but we're seeing ways that hopefully we can provide these tools, maybe not all of it, but to the users so that they can use it and grow much faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're very, also very, um, I don't know how you could call that, but very small things. Cause I think something I didn't realize before, before we, we talked was, um, you know, the, it sounds logic now that I'm talking about it, but at first I didn't really realize that we were talking about, you know, someone with a visual disability that go into a, an ATM, for example, mm -hmm. during the night, the door uh, closed and you need to press the button either to get in or to go out. Yeah. If you don't have that information, uh, how, you know, how do you find the button? How do you press it? How do you get mm -hmm. out or even get in? And of course it sounds logic now, but when you don't know, that's something that for me was yeah. like, oh yes, well, of course, but you know, and it's all, all these small things that, that I guess also the, the users can help, uh, you know, integrate uh, s slowly in the, in the app as yeah. well, no? Yeah, yeah, for example, for when we work with a bank, uh, we, uh, we do things like that. We, for example, add that information to Lazarillo so that the person knows how to get in, how to get out, how is the, how is the physical, a space inside, uh, where's the ATM, where's the door, where's the front desk, so that they can be at least more independent to use those services. And also, we, we also um, make the GPS locations more accurate, so that is, this actually is the entrance. And if the banks wants, we can add the indoor orientation inside with audio. And also, um, we're now looking ways to integrate their services, like benefits from the banks and things like that so that if you're just looking for a, a I don't know a place to eat and you are from you have a specific bank you have benefit it will also use that to give you that information um, but yeah these are sometimes little things that we the only way to understand that is working with the users and working with the I would say companies uh, so this new integration with the benefits came from uh, inter like working with a foundation, like they have a lot of users, with a bank and ourselves. So like brainstorming. So when, like this was the first time they were doing something like that. And uh, they were, we expect to do these sort of things uh, with other, with people with other disabilities and also in different countries. So uh, I think there's a huge potential of what you could do. Um, but the thing is that the connections haven't been made, right? So people don't know. The possibilities. How, how difficult was it, or still is, I guess, but to work with uh, with the institu institution? Because I think it, it's a very long sales process in a way. Yeah. Um, how does it? How do you? How did you start it first? Because I think that's very mm -hmm. interesting when people are like, "Yeah, but I need to discuss with 
you know, an institution, it's going to take time. How can I do it? And I think yeah. young entrepreneurs would, you know, I think yeah. they're very interested in knowing how, maybe how you got sure. started and then what's your process now of, you know, uh, keeping yeah. the sales funnel open, even if during these days, I think it's a little bit uh, yeah. different, but let's say in, uh, if everything was fine and everything was, uh, uh, yeah. was beautiful, how would that, how would that look like? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, these days are it's different because it's a phase of change. But uh, uh, what we were doing is that at the beginning we uh, we didn't have like a process for this. We just uh, looked for uh, people that we were more open to talk with startups. So like innovation departments. Um, in our case, social responsibility departments. And um, and, they, and with that we started. The first lines were through the innovation department mostly, uh, and that helped us get to the and understand the institution because, like a bank, for example, is huge. Uh, they have different, and for you to do a business with a bank, you need to follow a lot of procedures, paperwork, and yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of slow for a startup, but uh, when you understand that, then what we were doing, for example, is that. Um, since we understand the person you, that need to make the decision, is like you need to talk with them as fast as possible. Uh, so we develop like a sort of email campaigns, but directly through the to the people we wanted to talk with in different banks and things like that. Then we scale this up with partners, so local partners that can have presence in a country. So we did that with Costa Rica, for example. Uh, so we test that in Costa Rica. Uh, and yeah, now they're installing Lazarillo, they're working with a bank, uh, they're talking with a lot more banks and shopping centers. Of course, shopping centers that now are like, they stop because of everything, but uh, they, they had uh, like a, a huge, a good reach in, in a few uh, weeks. Um, and now we're doing the same with Mexico and Uruguay. Uh, so the way to see this is that you need to hopefully talk with the person that and make the decision as fast as possible. So yeah, there are many sources to get that, LinkedIn, like uh, so there are databases in Google or things like that. You get that email and you create a good email for them. And then you do that with a list of 100. Yeah. And then you do a sort of hits every, every week and, and do it constantly and provide them then value with other things like you can provide them information about uh, things that, that might be interesting for them. Uh, not only sell, <laughs> also provide value. Mm -hmm. And I would say that as you get, as you be, grow your brand or awareness, uh, in our case, we have appeared a lot in, in media. You can also use that as an asset to say like, hey, you will appear in media, you will increase your brand. And, and we have the, some cases in which that, um, uh, telcos, one telco uh, uh, approached us to provide uh, Lazarillo for without using data uh, in Peru. Like, uh, like you can use Lazarillo and it will not consume your your data package. Uh, we're doing that technically. That is also something that it costs a little bit stuck because of the coronavirus. But they approach us and they are huge, <laughs> and that's only because awareness uh, and making your um, your brand uh, more recognizable, I would say. And when you're doing something with social impact, that is easier. So you need to take advantage of that uh, so that you can impact more people <laughs> and also get to more companies, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, the process is always, um, it, it's, it's, it always seems easy, but it's, I, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to start, you know, writing that yeah. first email, uh, having you know your first uh, rejection and all this at the beginning i think it's yeah. what a lot of people are afraid of um but again like you said you know you just need to keep on going and sending those emails and doing these follow-ups and, and continue, yeah, continue call. and then yeah i'll call them and then it feels uncomfortable for sure but at some point yeah. it's gonna it's gonna pay in a way or another right yeah definitely and also connections like talk to with people if you go to an event don't be in the coffee, just eating. <laughs> Talk like with anybody. And sometimes those talkings are like, could be really good connections and, or even they could be really good partners in the future. Like you never know, especially for B2B businesses, it's good to have, um, to be social, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so what's now the, um, 
the next steps for you guys, I guess, because of the situation, of course, it's a little bit different than when you expected and when yeah. you planned, uh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but I think now you have a phase where you're going to try, you know, to solve the, the, the issue for other people, but also for yourself uh, as a company. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then after that, how do you see, how do you see the, the, the future and what are the milestones that you have? Sure. So we were just in the process of raising money. We still are. Uh, we have moved forward with some VCs, like family offices mostly. Um, uh, and we were going to move forward with some angels, but with all this, people get scared. So, um, so that is something that is really big for us to, to, to hit, uh, like the fundraising. Um, we're raising through a convertible note, uh, $400,000, and that will get us to increase this partnership uh, sort of uh, growth uh, through Latin America. And then uh, we got into an accelerator last year in the US. So we got presence, we were moving forward with some pilots so that will help us also uh, get a sales rep uh, locally so that we can uh, do the same strategy of partners, but in the US. So seeing the US as all the states and different sectors in the states. So, um, to have these local partners, at least two for a state, uh, and then grow. So that that's uh, that was uh, the plan, and is the plan. But we will do it in a way, maybe with different services now that we will need to iterate. Uh, so that it's because like one thing we realized that we managed to solve um, the new issues, and we if we if we solve the new issues in a way that is profitable and makes sense. If we do it that in Chile, we can do it in Argentina. We can do it in Peru, we can do it in Mexico, we can do it in, in then in, and then in the US. And then hopefully we can do it in Europe. Um, uh, because we also have users there. And it's like all are living the similar, similar problems. So that's something that is different from just having an issue in your country. This is a global issue. So if we do it good in a good way, I think we have a, and I said to my team, we have we're in a in a phase in which that we if we manage to pivot correctly, we will scale fast, really fast. And then, so as we have been talking with some investor, I think we're in the right phase to do it in a good way, so that then they they can see that and hopefully inject the money uh, faster because they also take time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially, especially now, everything is... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now it's like, no, it's not going to be fast, but yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah. All right, cool. Listen, we're almost um, running out of time. I still have one question for you. I'm stealing um, um, a question again from, I think it's from Team Ferry's blog, but I think it's a, it's a very nice question and, and it's a nice way of wrapping things up. If you could have um, a billboard anywhere in the world, you know, somewhere, a huge billboard uh, in the street with... Um, Anything you want, a video, a, a sentence, a quote, uh, what, would, what would that be? Wow, well, where? Uh, mm. You could, well, anywhere. It could be in the middle of uh, Chile, it could be in the US, wherever you want, but what would the billboard say? Would you have a quote on it? Would you have uh, just your logo? You can pick anything. I can pick, but uh, where is the approach? So I can sell more or what? what? <laughs> whatever you want. It's a free billboard, you know? Uh, is that a free billboard? Yeah, you can do whatever oh, you want. Oh, wow. Well, that's a hard question. Like, it is, uh, right? Because there's many possibilities that I would use that billboard. But um, in this situation, I think a billboard doesn't make sense today because like people shouldn't be out. Like even if you're in Times Square, for example. Yeah, that, like, that's, that's like, correct. I, I saw some yeah. pictures in Times Square and there were like, I don't know, Too a many. Of Yeah, no, exactly. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the best time. I, I think that's a good answer because I, I, I think that that question made sense, but maybe it doesn't in the... I, I, in the I know, I know, I know. I, know. I, th I think I will put a billboard in, in Zoom, maybe. In Zoom. Zoom is getting like <laughs> really growth. Yeah, exactly. like, Something like that. That could work. Yeah, like, so. Maybe I could put a... a or in Netflix, something like that. <laughs> maybe you can have Lazario on Netflix. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, yeah I would put um, a billboard in Zoom, I would say, because uh, you can get to corporates, uh, <laughs> like a digital uh, billboard. And uh, I would say, uh, don't forget your customers uh, with disabilities in this time. They need you. They are the ones that need you more. Oh, something like that. Yeah, maybe. 
That's very <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah. Rene, thank you uh, very much for your time. It was, uh, it was amazing talking to you. Uh, good for luck. Me too, for me too. Thank you. Good luck with uh, whatever is happening next, because I think no one knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, take care. Good luck and uh, stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no one knows, but we are prepared. Thanks. Hi, my name is René Espinosa. I'm co-founder and CEO of Lazarillo. Lazarillo is a platform that makes services and spaces of companies more accessible for people with disabilities. The platform connects to a mobile app that provides a suite of assistance services to people that are blind, deaf, and, and move through a wheelchair. We have 160,000 users and in 29, 39 countries using Lazarillo, and they improve their autonomy. On the other side, we have companies making their places more accessible and their services. We have 66 locations uh, making a revenue of $450,000 and we're now raising money to scale our impact globally with a convertible note of $400,000 that will help us reach a bigger community and in this, type of need, this time of needs, uh, helping them reach services that are not accessible currently. What impacts do you do you want to have uh, in the world? Uh, I want to make 10,000 locations more accessible for people with disabilities and hopefully impact the 1 billion people with disabilities around the world. How many jobs uh, have you created so far? We have created uh, 12 jobs. Uh, we're now expecting to create much more as we grow. Could you refer a book or a podcast or a documentary that you've seen so far that has really um, impacted you? Yeah, I, I will reference Traction, the book. Uh, I think it's a good way to uh, frame your company. Uh, can you tell us the Lazarillo's values? Yeah, sure. So Lazarillo's values are independence, uh, customers are first, uh, you need to value accessibility in all the fields of our uh, company, communications and, uh, and also the services we provide. And uh, fourth, I would say teamwork. Uh, and then uh, there's another one. What uh, do you have a, a word or quote that would um, you know describe you best? I would say uh, mapping a word for everyone, uh, for Lazarillo, and for myself, never give up. <laughs> nice. When we discussed, I discussed a lot about what you are doing and that you're helping a lot of people. And in a way, you know, I think you're 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 the hero of a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people want to know. Who is your hero? You know, who you look up to? Wow. Uh, my hero? Uh, I think I have many heroes. Uh, I would say Bill Gates is one person that I look up to a lot. Um, I would say Elon Musk also in the way their creativity, uh, how he managed to create uh, uh, different uh, companies with uh, sort of a strange business models at the beginning. But... Uh, yeah, I would say those two. <laughs> thank you very much again, Rene. Yeah, thank you. Time. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for listening to our hero's journey and subscribe now for more stories on Seed Stars podcast.